And Allah had already taken a covenant from the children of Israel. Earlier we learned, Allah tells the believers, remember the covenant that you have made with Allah. And now He tells us about the covenants that were made with the previous nations before us. What kind of promise did Allah make with them? What promises did they make with Allah? And who failed? And why? And what were the consequences? So Allah took a covenant from the children of Israel, وَبَعَثْنَا minhum, And we appointed from them, we delegated from them, إِثْنَيْ عَشَرَ Twelve نَقِيبًا Leaders. A covenant was taken from the entire tribe of Bani Israel, all the descendants of Ya'qub a.s. What covenant? The details are mentioned later, but we also find out from various places in the Qur'an of the different covenants that were taken from the Bani Israel. That they would worship Allah alone, that they would hold on to the book. So we have learned this in detail in Surah Al-Baqarah. So anyway, the Misaq was taken. Misaq means, covenant means that you have promised Allah that you will obey Him. The commands that He has given, you will accept and you will follow. But what happens is that if there are five or six people and there's one leader, or there's 50 people and one leader, then the leader, he can make sure that all those 50 people, all those 10 people under his care are following the rules. They are obeying Allah. They are observing the covenant. But if there is an entire tribe of Bani Israel and on them is one Musa, one Musa salam, then how can he make sure that the entire tribe of Bani Israel would obey Allah? He couldn't make sure himself. And besides, Musa salam was not there forever. Eventually, he was going to go. So what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose 12 people from the Bani Israel who were made leaders amongst the Bani Israel. What does it mean by leaders? What kind of naqib, what kind of leaders were they? Basically, to ensure that the Bani Israel were following the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the word that has been used for leader is naqib. Naqib is from naqaba, nun qafba. And naqaba is to make a hole, to pierce through. So for example, a wall, to make a hole through the wall. If there is a wall, something is happening behind it. Can you see it? You can sense it perhaps by the sounds that you hear. What's happening behind the wall? If there are loud noises, people talking, somebody screaming, somebody crying, somebody laughing, then you can have an idea of what's happening behind the wall. But you can only be sure when you see it yourself. Now how can you see it? Make a hole. Make a hole and see yourself. Open the door. A door is also like a hole. Open the window. It is also like a hole. So that you can see what's happening behind the wall. Now naqib, naqib is someone who doesn't just observe people from behind walls, but he also observes them with his own eyes as to what they're doing. What is happening? So one is, for example, that everybody's coming to the class. For instance, everybody's sitting with their just open. They're taking notes. This is what I have to see. If somebody's sitting without a Qur'an, that means they're not present in class. Right? So I will 
tell them to open their mushaf, to open their juz. If somebody is just sitting and I spot them, then I will tell them to pick up their pen and start writing. Now if there are 20 people in front of me, I can take care of them. But if there is a class like you guys, I can't do that. So what is needed? Somebody who will not just look at the overview, but who will go to each row and look. And then go to the next row and look. Why? You don't just look at the wall, but you make a hole and look behind. What's going on? You don't just look at the desk, but also see what's in the lab. Okay? You don't just look at the fact there's a pen and paper, but also what is being written. Do you see what I mean? This is who a naqib is. So basically, naqib is a leader, a head, someone in charge, whose duty is to check the inside and outside of those who are under his care. Why? You're going to suffocate the people. You're stalking them. So why is this done? Why is this done? This is to ensure the improvement of those who are under their care. This is to ensure their well-being. The fact that they are benefiting. They are doing what they're supposed to. They are following the rules. So for example, in our class, if there are certain people who are assigned to check what you're writing, what's in your hand, what you're doing, when you are coming, when you are leaving, where you are sitting, how you are sitting. It's not because they have a problem with you and they're suffocating you and they just want to make your life miserable. No. It's just to make sure that since you are coming here, spending so much time and money and effort, you might as well do your best in order to take advantage. This is exactly what happened with the Bani Israel. That the naqib, their role was to make sure that everyone was an observant believer. Everyone was worshipping Allah. Everyone was performing their prayers, giving their charity, doing what they were supposed to do. This is just like you can give zakat yourself. However, in our deen, there are certain people who are to be appointed, amilin, who are to go to people and collect zakat from their houses. This is why, as long as the khilafah was there, certain people were appointed by the government to go to people's houses and collect the zakat from them. And bring it to the Baytul Mal and from their distributor to the poor and needy and so on and so forth. Why weren't people left on their own to give zakat? Because if they were left on their own, then many would not do it. Remember, it's not because they don't want to do it. Sometimes it's just pure negligence. So what people need is a push. Like for example, all of you guys are really good. You know what the class rules are. You are active in class. But sometimes what happens? We are human beings. And we are sitting and all of a sudden we get distracted. We get a thought in our head. Let me just check my phone quickly. Nobody's around. Let me just check my phone quickly. You wouldn't do that generally. But you are a human being and sometimes you will make mistakes. So the leaders, they are appointed to prevent you from making those mistakes so that you don't get into trouble later. So that you don't miss the explanation of that one word which will happen to appear on the test eventually. So whose favor is this in? It is in the favor of the people. It is for their own good that the naqib is appointed over them to check everything, to make sure that they are 
performing their obligations, they are fulfilling their responsibilities, and they're not doing anything wrong. Because if the naqib is not there, then what would happen? Tell me, if the naqib is not there, if there's no one to keep an eye on you constantly, then what would happen? We lose track. You know, sometimes it happens that at school there are certain teachers who don't leave you. They're always checking on you. What you are doing, your test. You know, everybody's test, they will hand them out and then she will discuss your test with you and she will ask you, everything's okay, why aren't you studying? Check the homework with you. Like, get on your case basically. And when you are successful at school, when you are successful in university, then who do you give the credit to? To that teacher who was on your case, who made your life miserable. And honestly, with myself also, I can tell you the same thing. That I remember when I was studying the Al-Huda course, I was very young. And I remember I would sit sometimes at the back and I'd just doodle. The tears going on, I would be doodling, like making patterns and stuff behind my jaws or you know, on a notebook. And I would pay attention, I would be writing my notes, but at the same time, I would like to do these things. And my group in charge, and I love her for the sake of Allah. And I am so grateful to her. She would come to the class looking for me. Looking for me, literally. And I knew it because she would come and I would be watching her. She'd look around. Okay, there she is. And then she would come, take a round, and then come and sit close to me. Okay? And sometimes she would stand on my head. And she would look at the way I would be writing my notes. And then she would tell me later, yeah, you write your notes like this, why don't you write in this way? One day, I didn't go to class. She got on my case. One day, I missed. And she came up to me and she asked me, why didn't you come? And she basically didn't accept any of my excuses. None of my excuses, nothing. She didn't accept it. She was very firm, very firm. Every single group study, she would ask me, did you do your lesson seven times? Even if I didn't make a single mistake, she would ask me, did you do your lesson seven times? And I would do my lesson seven times out of her fear. That she's going to ask me, it's going to be humiliation, I have to say seven times, I can't lie, so I have to do it. And every little mistake she would pick. If I said whom was supposed to be them, right? And I said he, wrong. Minus 0.25. Literally. And you guys get what? Minus 0.05 or something? We'd get minus 0.25. And then later we'd be asked, why did you do like this on the test? Why didn't you do better? Till today, I am grateful for her. Because if she was not on my case then I don't think I would have understood the Qur'an the way I understood. I don't think I would have memorized the translation the way I did. I don't think I would have taken the course seriously. If I succeeded at the course, if I'm able to teach today, of the people who have a big share in this is my group in charge. My group in charge. And I'm so proud of her. She's Sister Sada Faruqi. I'm sure some of you have read her online posts and blogs. Google her. She's an amazing author. She's written many amazing posts in many Islamic newspapers, magazines. And I'm so proud of her, of being her student. This is the benefit of Naqib. But when I was doing the course, then ask me if I liked her then. You know what my answer would be. Any young girl, if their group in charge is on their case, calling them, 
and checking on them even outside Al-Huda. And you're like, leave me. Let me breathe. You're suffocating me. But if it was not for that suffocation, I would not have survived until now. So if your group in charge asks you, did you do your lesson? Where were you yesterday? I didn't see you last week. Then be grateful that you have a group in charge like that. And if your group in charge is too lenient, then I pity you. If your group in charge is too lenient and easy with you, I'm really sorry for you. Because I'm telling you, you're not going to perform that well in the course. Then you're going to be satisfied with average marks. You're going to be satisfied with a 25. My group in charge, if we got a 25, it was like, not acceptable. And if it was 29.25, then they're like, yeah, good, good job. And if it was 30, good. So, sometimes we have to be hard with ourselves, and sometimes we fail at being hard with ourselves. So what is needed is, some other people who will push us, who will kind of force us to do what we have to do. And they know our potential. It's not that our leaders don't know what we're capable of doing, and they're just forcing things on us, even though we can't do them. No. They know our potential. This is why they are telling us to do what we're doing. So never ever mind, never ever get upset over what your teacher tells you, what they point out of your mistakes. Never mind, never ever. Always be grateful for it. So the Bani Israel, for their own good, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appointed the Nuqaba, the Naqib, the 12 Naqib. And why 12? Because there were 12 tribes So for example, if there are 12 groups in the class, then how many group and charges would there be? 12. So, وَقَالَ اللَّهُ And Allah said, إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ Indeed, I am with you. With you. Who does this you refer to? Some scholars have said, you refers to the entire Bani Israel. And others have said that no, it refers to the naqibs, the leaders amongst them. That Allah promised the leaders amongst them, His help, His support, His special assistance. Like we see, it was granted to Muhammad ﷺ. So, وَقَالَ اللَّهُ إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ I am going to be with you, meaning my help is with you, my support is with you. When? لَإِنْ أَقَمْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ If you establish the salah. So any person who is in a position of leadership has something to benefit from here, has something to learn from here. Because as leaders, we find ourselves sometimes ineffective. So we need to check. Allah's help is guaranteed to the leader who, first of all, أَقَمْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ Establishes the prayer. وَآتَيْتُمُ الزَّكَاةَ And you give the zakah. Why is salah so important? Scholars have said that the word salah is also from sila, from wasala. And what does sila mean? Joining, to connect. Connection. So salah is your connection with Allah basically. It is your connection with Allah basically. If you don't establish the prayer, what kind of connection do you have? Connection is broken. If the connection is broken, then you can't get the help. If you want your bulb to light, then you need to put the plug in. You will put the plug in and then you will get the electricity and then your bulb will light. And if you don't put it in, into the socket, are you going to get electricity? No. Are you going to have light? No. So what's necessary then? Connection. 
You can get the help of Allah when you have a connection with Him. لَإِنْ أَقَمْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتَيْتُمُ الزَّكَاةَ But you can't ignore the people. You have to give zakat as well. وَآمَنْتُمْ بِرُسُلِي And you believe in my messengers. Which messengers? All of them. All of them. Whether they have come before or they will come later. In the case of Bani Israel, which rusul were they required to believe in? All of them. Those that were sent from among themselves and those that will be sent from others. So Muhammad ﷺ as well. So, آمَنْتُمْ بِرُسُلِي They were required to believe in the messengers of Allah. And not just believe, but also, وَعَزَّرْتُمُوهُمْ And you support them, help them, assist them. The word عَزَّرْتُمُوا is from عَيْن زَيْرَ And the word تَعْزِير is to help someone. Why? Out of respect for them. To support someone, to assist them out of respect for them. Who do we help? Who do we think we should help? Someone who is needy. Someone who can't carry their stuff themselves. Someone who's sick. We feel that, oh, oh, we should help them, we should help them. But one is to help someone who needs help and the other is to help someone out of respect for them. Which means that they will get their work done even without your help. But if you help them, then you are respecting them. This is just like your mom can do the dishes. Her back is not hurting, or even if it's hurting, she's used to it. This is what we tell ourselves. She's much faster at washing dishes anyway. What is ta'zeer over there? That out of respect for your mom, you tell her mom, I'll do it. You have a seat, you go take a break, you go take a nap, I'll do it. She is capable of doing it herself. She's not needy. But you help her out of respect. This is what ta'zeer is. So Allah says that you have to do ta'zeer of my messengers. What does it mean? That the messengers, the mission that they have come with, it will be fulfilled even without your help. The messengers don't need the help of their companions, of those who believe in them. There are some prophets who will come on the day of judgment alone. Because they had no helpers from among the people. Some prophets will come with just one or two individuals. Because they're the only ones who believed in them. Isa salam, how many disciples did he have? How many disciples did he have? A few, right? A little over ten. So the messengers, their mission is accomplished even without the help of people. But if the people help them, then this is what? Ta'zeer. If the people support their mission, support their cause, continue it, then this is respect for the messenger. This is just like in Surah At-Tawbah we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it does not befit the people of Medina that they sit at home while the messenger is fighting in the way of Allah. He's gone on a mission. He will be successful even if you don't come along. Allah helped him when there were only 300 men. If you don't come along, still he'll be successful. But it doesn't befit you that you leave him like that and he's on his own. Therefore, you must go along with him and you must support him. وَعَزَّرْتُمُوهُمْ And this is something that we must bring in our lives. That there are people who deserve respect. An elderly, a person who has white hair, an elderly person, he deserves respect. An older relative, you might feel that they are 100% capable of looking after themselves. But because of their age and because of their status, it befits you that you should help them. They can cook themselves, but it befits you 
that you cook for them. And if you don't do it, that is disrespect. So, وَعَزَّرْتُمُوهُمْ وَأَقْرَضْتُمُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا And you lend to Allah a beautiful loan. What is this that you spend in the way of Allah? So, four things are mentioned over here. Establish salah, give zakat, believe and support the messengers, and spend in the cause of Allah. If you will do this, O leaders, if you do this, O Bani Israel, then you will have the help of Allah. And... Another advantage, along with Allah's special help, is what? That لَأُكَفِّرَنَّ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ I will surely remove from you your misdeeds. Forgiveness and pardon for sins. This is the benefit. What else is the benefit? وَلَأُدْخِلَنَّكُمْ And surely I will definitely admit you into jannatin tajri min tahtiha al-anhar into gardens beneath which rivers flow. So admission in paradise. If you do these four things, you get three advantages. Allah's help, forgiveness, and admission into paradise. فَمَنْ كَفَرَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ But whoever disbelieves after that, مِنْكُمْ from you, فَقَدْ ضَلَّ سَوَاءَ السَّبِيلِ Then such a person has strayed from the soundness of the way. سَوَاء means middle. سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ It's the same. Same on either side. So it means that which is in the middle. So that which is in the middle, it will lead you to the destination. But if you go too much on the right, too much on the left, eventually you will go off track. So the person who disbelieves after this, then he has lost the right way. Meaning, it is his loss. It is his loss. The one who doesn't put an effort to invite Allah's help, and he suffers then it is only his loss. Because Allah doesn't suffer at all. We suffer. So what do we learn in this ayah? That if we want Allah's help in our personal lives, in our family lives, any kind of situation, we need Allah's help, then what do we need to do? These four things. Check yourself. How is your salah? If zakat is something that you have to give, how regularly, how properly do you give it? Believing in the messengers, helping them. You'll say, messengers are not there. But supporting the mission, the cause of the messengers, they came to call people to Allah. How much are we doing that? Are we calling people to Allah? Are we conveying the Qur'an too? If we're doing that, only then we'll see Allah's help. Then spending for the cause of Allah, those who will do these four things will get Allah's help. So if you're in trouble, if you see yourself in difficulty, start working on these things to earn Allah's help. But what happened? فَبِمَا نَقْضِهِمْ مِيسَاقَهُمْ Then because of their breaking their covenant. The Bani Israel, they didn't fulfill their covenant. What happened then? Consequences. لَعَنَّاهُمْ We cursed them. They were removed far away from Allah's help, His mercy, His assistance, His tawfiq. Far away. Disgraced, humiliated in this world. Because this is what happens when a person gets the larna of Allah. Then he fails in every endeavor. He doesn't accomplish anything. He fails. He's covered with problems, with difficulties, distress, inner anxiety, inner restlessness, lack of peace. This is all larna. They were punished severely, changed into khanazir, qirada, because of their disobedience. Dhilla, humiliation, maskana, poverty. All of this was struck upon them. Why? Because of their breaking their covenants with Allah. لَعَنَّاهُمْ We curse them. 
وَجَعَلْنَا قُلُوبَهُمْ قَاسِيَةً Another consequence of breaking the covenant with Allah. What? That we made their hearts hard. قَاسِيَةً قَابْسِينَ وَاو Their hearts were hard. And when the heart is hard, then what does it mean? It doesn't soften. It is not receptive. It doesn't accept. It doesn't melt. It doesn't cry. It doesn't change. It doesn't move. A person learns, yet unaffected. He learns what to do, but no change in the action. Qaswa of the heart. This is hardness of the heart. So why does this happen? Why does it happen where a person doesn't feel the fear of Allah? He doesn't feel the love of Allah. Why does this happen? Because of breaking the covenant with Allah. Breaking the covenant with Allah means disobeying Allah. So when a person disobeys Allah in one aspect, then what will happen? His heart will harden. His heart will harden. And this is what we see. You do one thing wrong, you feel bad over it. And then you end up doing another thing wrong. And then another thing wrong. And then another thing wrong. And by the time a person realizes, he's so far away. فَبِمَا نَقْضِهِمْ مِسَاقَهُمْ لَعَنَّاهُمْ وَجَعَلْنَا قُلُوبَهُمْ قَاسِيَةً Hard hearts. As a result, what happened? When the hearts are hard, يُحَرِّفُونَ الْكَلِمَ عَمَّ وَاضِعِهِ They change the words from their proper places. Even if it means it's the words of the Book of Allah. It's the words that He revealed, that He sent down. Still they will change them. And the Bani Israel are famous for this. وَنَسُوا حَظًّا مِمَّا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ And they forgot a portion of what they were reminded of. نَسُوا نِسِيَانْ نُونْ سِينِيَا They learned certain things about the deen, but then they forgot them. Why? As a punishment. What do we see here? That sometimes a person learns the deen, and then he forgets it. Part of it or all of it. It's as though he doesn't remember, he cannot recall it. Why? Because he broke the covenant with Allah. Meaning because he disobeyed Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said that you should not say that I forgot such and such portion of the Qur'an. Rather he should say that he was made to forget. That the Qur'an was taken away from him. That he learned, but Allah took it away from him. Why? Because he did not deserve it anymore. Why? Because he committed a sin, because he disobeyed Allah, he broke his covenant with Allah. Of the consequences of sins is what? Memory loss. What kind of memory loss? That a person cannot remember good things. Things of the deen. So for example, the Qur'an. He memorized the Qur'an, part of the Qur'an, and then he forgets it. Memorized the juz, now forgotten completely. Memorized the meaning, now has no idea what it means. No idea. Completely new. Why? Because of sins. Nasu حَظًّ mimma ذُكِّرُوا And remember that this nisyan is of two kinds. Nisyan is ilmi and amali. Ilmi nisyan is that a person knew some knowledge, and then he forgot it. He knew, let's say, part of the Qur'an, and then he cannot recall it at all. You know, what is that? Yes, we are human beings. We're bound to forget certain things. But the other is that a person knows that I did not revise. I did not take care of this knowledge. And as a result, I have forgotten it. With age also, people forget things. That's something that's normal. But the other is that a person 
should know. It's expected that they should know. It's obvious. If they have read something seven times, they have memorized it, they have taken tests, they have sat through hours of classes, and yet they forget, then this is something that's not normal. So, first is nisyan ilmi, and the second is nisyan amali, of action. That a person used to perform a good action, a good deed, and then he completely forgets to do it. Completely forgets to do it. So much so, that the habit that he had developed is now out of his life completely. It's like a person recites their morning adhkar, recites their evening adhkar as a habit. And then one day because they're angry, they're yelling at people, they're furious, they forget to say their adhkar. As they forget to say their adhkar once, then what happens the next day? They forget to say their adhkar again, and they forget to say their adhkar again. And then the habit that they had is lost. Check yourself. Are there any good things that you used to do habitually? Perhaps it was reciting Surah Al-Kahf every Friday. Perhaps it was reciting the Qur'an every morning. Perhaps it was reciting Surah Al-Mulk before you go to bed. Whatever good habit it was, if it's not there anymore, what changed? What changed? وَنَسُوا حَوَّمْ مِمَّا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ Many times it is our own fault. وَلَا تَزَالُ تَطَّلِعُ And you will still observe. لَا تَزَالُ It's from زَي وَاُلَّام زَوَال is downfall. لَا تَزَالُ It will never descend. It will never have a downfall. You know زَوَال is also used for the sunset. So it will never begin to decline. It will never begin to set. Meaning it will always remain like this. What? That you will always continue to تَطَّلِعُ from اِطِّلَاعُ طَلَامْعَيْنِ To become aware, to come to know. So you will always come to know every now and then of what عَلَى خَائِنَةٍ مِّنْهُمْ Of treachery from them. Every now and then you will hear, you will witness treachery on behalf of the Bani Israel. You will find them to be deceitful people. That they will make a promise and they will break it. They will make a treaty and they will go against it. They will make a commitment and they will not fulfill it. You will continue to see this from them. Continue to, إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِّنْهُمْ Except for a few of them. There are some among them who are honest people who fulfill their promises, who are true to their word. فَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ So what should you do when they break their promise, when they prove to be treacherous? What should you do? Get angry, go out on the streets, revolt, kill your own people and burn some cars, and destroy some buildings, because you're very upset because some people are treacherous. This is what you should do. What does Allah say? فَعْفُرَنْهُمْ وَصْفَحْ Forgive them, pardon them. Why? They don't deserve to be forgiven. You forgive them, and Allah will take care of them. Allah will ask them. But you can't do anything. So your anger, your frustration is only going to harm you. So what do you have to do? Ignore them. Don't make a big deal about what they do. Just ignore them. Farfunhum wasbah. Farfu is from Afun. And Afu is Tarkul Muakhada. Do not call to account. Do not hold accountable. And Wasbah Safh is Irad Anhu. Just turn away from the mistake that someone has made. So just move on. Don't ask them why did you do this? Don't confront them. And secondly, just ignore. Move on. And this is something 
that everyone has to do when they find out that somebody is being treacherous, somebody is being deceitful. Whether it is parents, or it is spouse, or it is a friend, whoever it is. When you see that someone is not being honest with you, they say that they'll be back in two hours and they will have done some work by the time they come. They're going for some work. And then you find out when they come, the smell of coffee and the smell of food. So yeah, you were working for two hours, you went out to eat with your friends instead. So don't confront them. What is this that I smell? Where were you? And how come you're burping every few minutes? Where did you go? You weren't working, you were eating out. Don't confront them. It's not going to get you anywhere. Likewise, sometimes parents are very suspicious of their children. And they want to see what the children are wearing under their abaya, under their sweater. Show me what you're wearing. Inside out they want to see what their kids are wearing. Because they want to make sure that it's nothing inappropriate so that when they go they don't take their abaya off and they don't take their sweater off. No, this is not correct. If you see treachery from someone, if you see that they're disobeying you, dishonest with you, they say something, they do something else, what's the solution? Ignore them. Your ignoring doesn't mean that you're approving of their wrong action. Your ignoring means that eventually they will come to know, mom knows what I'm doing. I can't hide from her. Her attitude shows. She knows. And this is something very, very important. People who are successful as leaders, as parents, are those who don't start pointing out every single fault of those who are under their care. Because those who start highlighting the faults, every little thing, then what happens? The people under them, they become rebellious. And they become even more dishonest. They become even more treacherous. Think about it. The hypocrites who used to live in Medina, weren't they dishonest? Clearly, يُخَادِعُونَ Allah. They were trying to deceive Allah. يَعْتَذِرُونَ إِلَيْكُمْ They would come and make false excuses, lie to the Prophet ﷺ. What was the command that the Prophet ﷺ was given? To ignore them. Because eventually, people learn, either they will change, or Allah will give you authority over them. Allah will make you victorious over them. Remember this. But you have to wait it out. And you have to be patient. If anyone is being treacherous, deceitful, this is the rule that Allah is teaching us. فَعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَصْفَحْ Ignore them. Pardon them. Overlook them. This is just like if there is a child and you give a child a glass of water to drink from. And as they're drinking, they spill it. And if you start yelling at them, if you start slapping them at that time, is it going to work? Not at all. Because a child will not learn how to hold the cup properly out of your fear. But if you let the child make a mistake, you pretend as though nothing happened, just grab a towel, wipe it clean quickly, fill the glass again, give it to the child to hold, what will happen eventually? The child will learn, and he will also realize this is something I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to spill water deliberately. This is why many mothers who are successful, they'll tell you, don't stop your child, don't say no. Because the moment you'll say no, what will they do? They will go to it again. They will go to it again. You wait for a few days, and the children will forget even what they were doing. When you make a big deal of it, when you say no, 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 then what happens? The children also, they will do the same thing. They will do exactly the same thing that you're stopping them from. 
But if you will ignore, don't make a big deal out of it, they will get over it. Either they will learn, or Allah will give you authority over them. So فَعْفُعَنْهُمْ وَصْفَحْ And remember that إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Indeed, Allah loves the people who do ihsan. So do this with ihsan. Do this when you're pardoning them, you're forgiving them. You're doing it for Allah's sake. Hope of earning His reward. Hope of earning His love. فَعْفُعَنْهُمْ وَصْفَحْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ So write these two words down. فَعْفُعَنْهُمْ وَصْفَحْ Some mistakes need to be pointed out and other mistakes, they need to be ignored. Eventually people learn. On the other hand, وَمِنَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّا نَصَارَى Those people who say that we are Christians, they claim to be Christians in reality, they're not followers of Isa a.s. Allah says, أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَهُمْ We took their covenant as well. Covenant was taken from Jews, covenant was taken from Christians, and now taken from Muslims. What happened to the Christians? Allah says, فَنَسُوا But they forgot what? حَظْوَنْ A big portion from حَظَ Allah. They forgot a big portion of مِمَّا ذُكِّرُوا Of that which they were reminded of. They were given the book, but they forgot a big portion of it. So what happened? Consequences. So we see that earlier, the Yahud, they broke the covenant deliberately. The Christians, they didn't pay much attention, so as a result, they forgot. Again, in both cases, consequences. What? In this case, فَأَغْرَيْنَا بَيْنَهُمُ الْعَدَاوَةَ وَالْبَغْضَاءَ أَغْرَيْنَا from غَيْنْ رَوَاو إِغْرَا is to produce something, to cause something to grow, to bring about. So, Allah caused to bring about, He produced in them what? الْعَدَاوَةَ وَالْبَغْضَاءَ Animosity and hatred. So they have no friendship and they have no love. And when people have no friendship, there is no love, then what does it mean? There is disunity. They are enemies and they hate one another. Adawa is from Ain Dalwaw and it's basically the opposite of friendship. So it's when people are enemies to one another and they express this enmity through their words and also through their actions. Baghda on the other hand is the opposite of love, which is hatred which is kept in the heart. So imagine if people hate one another in this way, in their hearts, and through their words and actions, then can they ever be united? Never. They may appear to be united, but in reality they are disunited. إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Until the day of judgment. وَسَوْفَ يُنَبِّئُهُمُ اللَّهُ بِمَا كَانُوا يَصْنَعُونَ And soon Allah will inform them of what they used to do. So what do we learn over here? That when people forget the teachings that Allah has given them. They learn the book and they forget. Then what happens? Their relationships, they get corrupted. There is hatred, no friendship, even between those who are very close to them. Those who should be friends with them. So we see that when a person is obedient to Allah, كُونُ قَوَّامِنَ لِلَّهِ Then a person deserves the ni'mah of Allah. He receives the help of Allah. And on the other hand, when a person deliberately violates, deliberately breaks the promise with Allah, then la'na, curse of Allah, qaswa of the heart, sins upon sins. And if a person doesn't pay much attention to what he has promised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what will happen? Enmity, hatred, no peace, no happiness in life, only misery. And we see all of these problems in our lives. People complain, I don't get along with my mom, I don't get along with my dad, I don't get along with my brother, I don't get along with my sister. We are like strangers under one roof, in one house. Why? Check. Are you remembering the book of Allah? 
How often do you pick it up? How often do you recite it? Are you implementing what Allah has taught? Or do you learn and you ignore? This is so true. I was just thinking that uh, since Ramadan has started, I haven't gotten into a fight with my brother, maybe except once. But uh, this is because we read the Quran every day now. Like before, yeah, we used to read it, but not that much. But now it's like every day and we read a lot of it. So Alhamdulillah, that's it. And when everybody's fasting, everybody's going for qiyam, everybody's reading the Quran, making dua, then what happens? People come closer together as well. I was just reflecting, me and my husband, that this is the first time in a long time that we've managed to sit together and eat together. Every single meal, constantly for so many days. And when you sit with one another, you eat together, you talk, this brings people closer as well. And when there's no ibadah, violation of Allah's rights, His commands, then people move away from each other as well. There's fights, arguments, distances grow then. So if you want to be close to people, obey Allah more. Because when Allah will love you, He will spread love for you. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat. وَلَقَدْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِيثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ وَبَعَثْنَا مِنْهُمُ اثْنَيْ عَشَرَ نَقِيبًا وَقَالَ اللَّهُ إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ لَئِنْ أَقَمْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتَيْتُمُ الزَّكَاةَ وَآمَنْتُمْ بِرُسُلِي وَعَزَّرْتُمُوهُمْ وَآمَنْتُمْ بِرُسُلِي وَعَزَّرْتُمُوهُمْ وَأَقْرَضْتُمُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا لَأُكَفِّرَنَّ عَنْكُمْ لَأُكَفِّرَنَّ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ وَلَأُدْخِلَنَّكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ وَلَأُدْخِلَنَّكُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ فَمَنْ كَفَرَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ مِنْكُمْ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ سَوَاءَ السَّبِيلِ فَبِمَا نَقْضِهِمْ مِيثَاقَهُمْ لَعَنَّاهُمْ وَجَعَلْنَا قُلُوبَهُمْ قَاسِيَةٌ يُحَرِّفُونَ الْكَلِمَ عَن مَّوَاضِعِهِ وَنَسُوا حَظًّا مِّمَّا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ وَلَا تَزَالُ تَطَّلِعُ عَلَى خَائِنَةٍ مِّنْهُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِّنْهُمْ فَاعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَاصْفَحْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ وَمِنَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّا نَصَارَى أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَهُمْ فَنَسُوا حَظًّا مِمَّا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَأَغْرَيْنَا بَيْنَهُمُ الْعَدَاوَةَ وَالْبَغْضَاءَ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ وَسَوْفَ يُنَبِّئُهُمُ اللَّهُ بِمَا كَانُوا يَصْنَعُونَ 
سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد ان لا اله الا انت نستغفرك ونتوب اليك السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته